This is IAQ Radio, Indoor Air Quality Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry, with your hosts, Radio Joe Hughes and the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. And now, Radio Joe Hughes. Good day and welcome to IAQ Radio Plus. This week is episode 594, and we welcome Ivan Turner, Stephen Lavelle, and Kent Riddle. We're going to talk about marketing your restoration company during tough times and beyond. Uh, Before we get started, let's make sure we thank our sponsors. They are the reason IAQ Radio continues to be free. IAQ Radio Association sponsors are the American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists. Learn more at acgih.org. The Cleaning Industry Research Institute. Learn more at CIRIScience.org. The Indoor Air Quality Association. Learn more at IAQA.org. AIHA, healthier workplaces, a healthier world. Learn more at AIHA.org. And the Restoration Industry Association. Learn more at RestorationIndustry.org. IAQ Radio Industry sponsors are AEML Laboratories. Learn more at AEMLINC.com. Particles Plus. Learn more at ParticlesPlus.com. And Healthy Indoors Magazine. Subscriptions available at HealthyIndoors.com. And now you can win a cool prize. It's time for the IAQ Radio Trivia Question. Be the first to correctly answer. Simply email your answer to czlotnik at cs.com. Or if listening live, just text your answer from your computer. And now, here's the Z-Man with this week's IAQ Radio Trivia Question. Hello, everyone. Congratulations go out to Doug Conan, Aerotech Environmental in Dayton, Ohio, who was first to identify 1944 as the year ACGIH's Threshold Limit Values for Chemical Substances Committee was made a standing committee. The IQ Radio Trivia question for today, Friday, July 24th, 2020, has been sponsored by Ideas, a solution chemistry company providing unique solutions to odor removal, surface cleaning, and decontamination problems. Here is today's IAQ Radio trivia question. In what year was the first self-help book written? Back to you, Joe. Thank you, Cliff. Today, one of our first guests is Ivan Turner. He's been in the restoration field for over 25 years. He created Disaster Brigade, an organization that brings veterans into the restoration industry. And he's presently the CEO of Show Me Marketing, a consulting firm that shows restoration companies how to get more work in just days. Cliff? Stephen Lavelle has been a researcher and writer for the restoration industry for more than 12 years. With half a dozen books to his credit, including 197 Ways to Persuade Adjusters, Agents, and and others to give you the job, the restoration book, how to get more water damage jobs, and get paid, which actually I wrote the forward for. Stephen says, I ask the most insightful industry leaders for the best secrets. They tell them to me. I include a few ideas of my own, and then we write them down. That's how I create some of the best marketing books in restoration. In the final analysis, I'm just a roving reporter and marketer who knows where to look and what questions to ask. And Kent Riddle, he's a storyteller. Someone called him the redneck millionaire because he ran a successful franchise for many years that had an annual income in the millions of dollars. And he's got that deep Southern accent that uh, rivals his friends in Nashville. Recently, he sold his franchise for millions more, but he found retirement to be too much work. So he dove back in and created a consulting firm that helps other restoration companies become successful. He teaches with stories, and he promises to share a few today. Welcome, gentlemen. Great to have you on the show. And uh, I think we've got everything up and running. Steve, let's start with you. You, you kind of are the, um, oh, the restoration journalist. You, you go around the world, and you gather stories from people, and pull people together to put together these books. Tell us a little bit more about the uh, reason behind your most current book. Yeah, what happened was this book uh, was a, a labor of love. 
we, we'd written several others in the past, and, and what I normally do is I get together a cadre of very smart guys in the field, because I'm not all that smart, but I know what to ask. And this time we knew that people were in trouble because of the COVID thing. Every, uh, not everyone, but most of the um, contractors I've been talking to were saying, well, we're, we're hurt, we're, we're damaged, we're not making any money here, the phone is not ringing. Uh, some guys even said, we're going to close down. That, that's a, that, we have to, we have nowhere to go with this. And so I said, wait a minute, get, give me a chance to go find some good news in the, in the industry. Maybe I'll find some ways of getting more jobs. So I started looking all around, and I, I couldn't find any good news per se, but then I said, okay, there has to, be, has to be a way to find some technology by which we can get the jobs back, because the jobs had to be out there. I mean, the fire damage and water damage and mold, all the same kind of jobs we had three months earlier were still out there. So I started looking in, in places where I type in on Google, for example. I say, look, uh, I, need, uh, I need some uh, contractors that are busy. I, and so I just typed in, and contractors are busy. And up came some TV interviews. Uh, people were doing, uh, like, uh, news shows. And they, one, uh, one hostess said, uh, well, how, much are you, how many calls are you getting per day to one of the people on the show? And the guy said, oh, about five, 600. And I thought, wait, what? Five, six hundred calls? And she said, a day? And he said, yeah. Uh, and he said, yeah, they're coming in. And I thought, well, somebody's making some money. So I started following that company. And so the more I looked into him, the more I got interested in the, what, what he was doing. I went on, uh, I did Google. I looked at his site. I looked at how, how he's ranking on Google. And then I saw some other companies around him that were very, very good. Uh, and one of them really caught my attention, and this this is one I think will surprise you. There was a company that said uh, and ignored all the rules. You know, there are rules out there about what you can't say. We're going to sanitize your your business. You can't say we're going to uh, sterilize the the building, anything like that. But these folks said, and I quote, "We're serious about fighting infectious diseases, and we are a professional virus detection disinfection service." And down below, it said, uh, they, were, they were saying, we will, here, yeah, this is my favorite part. Uh, we are here to help you. We provide professional cleaning, disinfection, and viral remediation services, eliminating illness-causing pathogens, including the novel coronaviruses, with up to, and this is, this is the important part, with up to 90 days protection per application for your workplace, facility, or residence. Now, we've been told we can't say anything like that. Uh, but these guys who were competing with the guys that were getting five or 600 calls a day, uh, and they actually ranked higher than they did in Google. Uh, so I kept looking for more evidence, uh, and finally, I, I, f I think I found what it was. It says, we offer a 100% guarantee that our services will provide safe, immediate, and long-term antimicrobial solutions for your facility with up to 90 days protection per application. Well, that every other podcast I've been watching said, don't do that. So I, I wrote to Ed Cross, the restoration lawyer. And I said, Ed, what do you think of this? And he wrote back a very terse answer and said, um, I don't recommend guarantees for anybody. <laughs> so, so I said, all right, we're going to set that aside. But I thought, wow, there has to be a way to use that kind of knowledge. So we, we, we began looking for ways of rewording what they were saying, because really, if you stood there with them and you, were, you had your own uh, antimicrobial service, and uh, you said, look, these guys are, what they're saying is that they can kill germs, bacteria, not viruses for 90 days. But they, again, if you say that and the customer standing there right next to the guy and says, what's your guarantee? Well, we, our, our guarantee is that once we walk out the door, uh, there is no guarantee. And, and so these guys are standing right next to you and they're saying, uh, we'll give you 190 days or 120 days. So I talked to a company in Canada, and they said, oh, yeah, we've got that stuff. Uh, we put it on all the touch points, and it'll, it'll kill bacteria for up to 90 days. They're not kidding. Except then they added, unless uh, a cleaning lady comes in and uses Clorox to clean up the place, in which case all bets are off. So I, I began looking for more and more evidence that people were getting money, and I found it. There, there are companies out there that are making a fortune right now. In fact, I would go so far as to say that this time uh, in, the, in the history of restoration, this is the most abundant time for uh, finding more jobs. And the more I looked, the more I found. Uh, and so, I, but having said that, I, I think we should let uh, uh, Kent and Ivan tell how they get the jobs. They're actually on the front lines out there. Okay. And before we do, Steve, 
Chris, anything you wanted to add? I mean, yeah, I know um, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I just have one technical comment uh, on what Steve said. Um, there are codings that can be applied uh, as part of the remediation process that don't really kill anything, but what they are is they are biostatic, which means they prevent uh, odor-causing microorganisms, odor-causing fungi, and, and so on and so forth. So, uh, you, yes, those coatings are available, and I, I recommend them. I think it's a good idea, especially if you're charging someone a lot of money to do a COVID job. Uh, I do think you should provide some sort of long-term protection, and there are biostatic coatings out there that you know, I think should be used as part of the process. I think you have to be clear that they're not going to kill viruses, but they are going to prevent a lot of other things from growing. Yeah, that, right. That's exactly the point. When these guys say stuff like that, uh, they're fudging the line a little bit because they, they, they're counting on the, uh, uh, the ignorance. Right Can you answer the question? I'm sorry. I, I think Ivan was trying to jump in there, but no, he's muted. All right. Well, I guess the point is not the 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 fact that it does or does not last 90 days or that once someone touches it again, you're going to have, you know, recontamination. The point is they were using a different approach to market things. And I think that's what we're trying to give people here today is some ideas on different approaches and ways you've seen people out there approaching these times, but let's, let's jump over uh, to, to Kent for just a minute. Kent, I wonder if you could talk to people a little bit about some of your, your tips. You've been around a long time. You've, you've, you've been very successful in the business. What kind of tips are you giving people with respect to marketing today versus, you know, when prior to this COVID mess? You know, I was thinking about that the other day because I went by um, a franchise that they were absolutely – having the best quarter that they had ever had uh, in the history of their business. Uh, I went to the back where the boards were, uh, their job boards were completely full uh, and uh, they were busier than they said they had ever been. And it began to make me think about the two uh, different approaches uh, between uh, the the companies. You know, I believe there's two different types of companies. Uh, there's there's the one that when the market changes, uh, they are they are adjusting their company to uh, pursue the new opportunities that this new market has presented. And then you have uh, the other type of company and they are, uh, they're just trying not to lose uh, any uh, of their business. And a prime example of that is um, when I was in business, uh, the market uh, had a change like that. It, uh, it was uh, when it went from program driven the market was program driven uh, to the one-stop shop type of market. Uh, that was a big change. And there were two types of companies. Uh, one company, uh, they began immediately uh, uh, bringing construction into their mix. They began to add the services that they need in order to capitalize on all of the opportunities that the new market has presented. The other company that wanted to stay the same, they expanded their area. They said, well, my service area is gonna to have to grow being that there's less jobs. And, uh, and, and that's what's happening here, I believe. Uh, I believe that there's, there's major opportunities in this market uh, that are being presented and there's two types of approaches. There's one that says that I'm just trying to not lose because of this change. And the other saying, I'm looking for the opportunities presented because of this change. And I, I assume you're not saying either one's right or wrong. They're both exactly good, good approaches. Uh, 
they're both good approaches and you know each one of them is going to fit the the owner uh whoever the owner is uh if if they're willing to look and see the opportunities uh in that market they'll capitalize on them and there are whether you choose to whether you choose to do COVID or whether you just choose uh, to uh, to capitalize on the market that's here right now, uh, there's more work than there's ever been, and and it's out there. It's just being able to see uh, the things that you have to do in order to uh, capture that market. You know, you said, Steve, you mentioned. Uh, in our discussions before the franchises, and again here, they're doing very well during this pandemic. But um, I guess I'm wondering what, whether they're doing well with, you know, financially or getting more jobs or both, because sometimes having more jobs is not necessarily making you more money. I wonder if you could expand on that a little bit. They, they're very busy. Are they also very profitable? Oh, they're, they're making a fortune. They, one of the wonderful things that happened during the, the research, I had to go to several other consultants and, uh, and ask them, you know, what, what are you finding in the field? Is, is there any money to be made? Well, Gary Arns, you probably remember him. He works with uh, uh, Jeff Cross, and they have a, a little outfit called uh, uh, Marketing Zoo. And, and Gary Arns was uh, – he, he brought to my attention that the, uh, the, the franchises, are just cleaning up, and I'm trying to. I'm looking through my notes here real quickly. To um, yeah, here it is. Uh, totally booked university is, is the, uh, the the one that uh, Jeff Cross and and he uh, run. And he says here in his this is his, this is a quote from him. I want to get it right. Surf Pro alone, just Surf Pro alone, is getting 74,000 free organic searches each month. Uh, while there are only 30,000 to 40,000 searches for the generic term water damage. So SurfPro is getting more hits than the word water, the phrase water damage. Uh, and the, these companies are getting more monthly online searches than the, than, than the words water damage. Then I started looking into how much money they're making. They're really tight-lipped about that. Uh, they, they won't tell us you know, what, what the figures are. Um, but a, there was one fellow on one uh, in, in, in the book. I gave a, a link so you can go check him out for yourself. One guy was just sitting there and he said, "Look, I'm, I'm only getting like 30 calls a day, uh, but I'm booked so solidly right now." And, and he, he said, "These are not uh, houses, homes. I'm doing it uh, with um, you know, small companies and large companies. Uh, we're using uh, COVID killers of various statures." And he included uh, uh, black light and that sort of thing. But he, he said. I, I'm making more money now than I have in the history of my company. And I thought, okay, so he, that's another one. Mark that one up. Then I found a fellow in Florida uh, who was, he has, uh, he, he's booked so solidly, I don't know how he's doing it, but he said, look, I've got, right now I'm working with Florida, North Florida State University. Uh, I just finished a, a, a 2,100 square foot uh, facility. I was just doing the, the anti-COVID sprays. And he said, okay, that's, it doesn't sound like much, but he said, it only took us three hours, and we made $5,000 on that one job alone. And then the good news came through for him, and he said, well, I just, just recently got the word from all of the um, uh, dollar stores. Uh, we have them all. We're, we're going to be doing every facility out there. And, and, see, and I asked myself, how, how did he get all of this? What did, makes him special? And there wasn't anything special about his company. He just got out there and does what Ivan does. He's, he did what we call going belly to belly. He went out there and, and talked to individuals and sold his company. And, and actually, all three of us have found that when you actually can talk to the person who owns the company, uh, that's when you get, you get the more jobs and you get the more money. Uh, I, I, you ask Ivan about what happened in, in maybe the hotel and, and also the mall. I think you'll, you'll get a, an image of what kind of money is out there. I think we've lost Ivan. He'll, I'm not oh, sure. No. <laughs> Okay, but I'll tell you what I'd like to ask you. You 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 mentioned that in the book, and you mentioned the name uh, Gary Arndt. He contributed some unusual ideas about improving your placement on Google, and I, I think that's something. You know, I get I get sick of these calls from Google people saying they're going to 
get my Google listing number one in the search boxes and all that. And I, it, it gets so frustrating at times, you just kind of throw up your hands. What is a, what kind of tip did Gary give that would be something that just any, you know, any restoration company could use to help at least bring their, their search results a little higher? Okay, just so you know, I'm not a uh, computer guy, and you may gather that's why I'm not on the screen, but I'll tell you, well, I guess I am now, but uh, when I talked to Gary, he just, he melted my mind. Uh, he said, uh, let me show you something I just did for a guy, and he walked me over and walked me through the process, and by the way, I only got half of what he was saying, but in effect, he said, look, uh, not a lot of people know this, but uh, the uh, Google owns the the uh, YouTube and since they like YouTube because since they own it uh, he said what I do is I go make little videos little miniature videos and then we put them online and he showed me one day he, uh, it was amazing he went went in made a little video for a guy and he put it in 10 minutes from the time he submitted it to Google 10 minutes later he was on the first page of Google and I thought I've never seen anything I mean I've heard this I've heard legends but I've never seen it. He says it's not difficult. He said, in fact, it's kind of a, a small idea. It's not one of the big ones. But he said, this is a, a thing we can do. He had another client that he just put on Google, and he got two, it took him a week to, to propagate. But once it was on there, two different um, genres uh, was on the first page of Google, two different places. So, uh, and so, so all it was was he went in and, uh, and made a, a, a YouTube video. Uh, because and Google likes YouTube videos. If you go on any Google to, for any kind of search, you'll find that often the uh, the first ones in line there are videos. And I, I never could figure out why they cared. Now I know. They own it. They, they own YouTube. Good point. Hey, it looks like we've got Ivan back here. Um, Ivan, if you can unmute yourself, we can get you back on here. And uh, we had mentioned you, but you you had to step away for a minute. I, you you apparently made a trip to Louisiana, and I'm I'm wondering. Uh, I understand there were a couple unusual things that that made it easy to sell jobs when you were in Louisiana. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and how it might help others? Yeah, yeah. thank you, Joe. First of all, I'm really glad to be here with you guys today. I appreciate it. Cliff, it's good to see you again. Uh, I love what you guys do for the industry. Uh, to answer the question, it was very unusual because the, not only the United States, but specifically where I was at was the state of Louisiana was in a crisis. I mean, an epic crisis. And uh, I knew I was down there three different times, but the first week I did in-house training for the sales staff with the basic things like, you know, uh, code call and email, uh, pay-per-click, all the things, outbound messaging, inbound messaging. And so got them all prepared on what, and then talked about uh, objections, things like that. So then I got called back down the second week, and uh, at that time, Louisiana was on the verge of closing. So I got down there on Monday, so we had it until Friday to get our message out to as many of the targets as we could. So it was very unusual in that sense because uh, it, was, it was mass panic and chaos, uh, crisis, any other kind of negative words you think about. That's what it was. Uh, so we had some challenges, but the one thing that we opted to, to do from day one, and this is, I'm talking about with my meetings with the management, was that we had no time to do a lot of planning other than just to uh, find the targets that we wanted to call on. And that's what we did. Uh, and that's how we found our targets and that's how we achieved some, some level of success. So, you know, when you were, were away, Steve was talking about belly-to-belly -belly selling. I wonder if you could expand on that a little bit. Oh, he's making fun of my overweight part, I guess. But, yeah, I, I've always I've always enjoyed belly, what I call belly-to-belly, face-to-face. -belly, uh, -face. Uh, a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. So here I was with two new salespeople uh, trying to teach them probably the most uh, unorthodox way of sales for uh, for new people. So that made it tough too, but belly to belly, I just want to get in front of the uh, prospects, whether it was a facilities manager, uh, a director, uh, whatever it happened to be, I wanted to be able to get in and actually see the pain on their face, which was pretty evident, and then to try to use that pain and to help them find a solution. That's really what we were trying to do was to, to find a solution for them. In fact, uh, we didn't have time to do a needs analysis on our prospects, which you would normally do when you're doing sales calls, 
like to find out what their hot buttons are, what they like and dislike about the service companies. Uh, none of that stuff mattered when we walked in. What mattered is if we could help them with their problems. And coronavirus or COVID-19 was just one of their problems. I mean, a lot of these uh, places that we call on, we talk to, we talk to schools, we talk to churches, uh, we talk to casinos, we talk to a mall, general manager of mall, which was uh, purely by accident. But nonetheless, um, I was looking for sustainable work, not just coronavirus cleanup. So uh, we were kind of like killing two birds with one stone. Does that answer your question, Joe? Yeah, I'm just wondering too, how do you get past the gatekeepers? You know, I mean, it's, you, you want to go out and you meet with these folks. You go into a, you can't even get into a school district anymore because of the security issues and so forth. How do you, um, you know, what, what kind of tips or, or tricks can you give people to try and actually get belly to belly? Sometimes it's not as easy. You know, you, you can't just, I guess you can just walk into a hospital and ask to see the facilities manager, but I don't know how, how well that would work. Well, normally, normally it's not an easy thing to do. Again, this, we took an un, unorthodox approach. And again, this was the hard, probably the harder harder of the two salespeople that I was training than for myself. Because for one reason, I live out of state, so I, never, I, I didn't have to worry about uh, ticking anybody off. But actually, we were, uh, op- we were received openly by everybody. Uh, so there was no uh, going through the dip, up the different rungs of the ladder like we would normally expect. As soon as we approached the place, for example, a nursing home, walked in and introduced herself, uh, asked to speak with the uh, director of nursing or the facility manager, whatever it happened to be, and they'd ask, well, what, what's the nature of your business? Well, we're in the business of helping businesses stay in business, uh, but we also do coronavirus cleanup and uh, application disinfectant services. That got their attention. And then after that, it was just a matter of sitting down with them and, and uh, listening to their story. And they all pretty much had the same story. They were uh, wrought with fear. Hmm. I mean, everybody, they were, they were letting their employees go. Uh, family, family members of the people living in their nurses' homes couldn't come in and visit them. Uh, that's very unusual. So they were very open to hearing anything that we had to say. And we were just, we were there with more of a servant's heart than pushy salespeople because I knew that wouldn't work. Let me throw out a, a question, a, a text question from a listener. I think it's a good one. How do you, any one of the three of you can answer on this. What do you guys feel about local TV advertising for small business? Uh, high cost, but does it pay to increase the, the brand recognition? You want me to go first? Go ahead. I'm, 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 not, a, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of radio. I, once again, I'm, I've always built my businesses through uh, relationship building, uh, getting to know influencers. In, in fact, a little while I've got to leave for a rotary meeting, but uh, people that I've always tried to associate with are decision makers anyway. Um, it's easy to get lost in the crowd if you're advertising on TV, especially against the circles of the world who have almost seems like an unlimited budget mm-hmm. for television advertising. So I have done some in the past. I've done billboards in the past. I've done news. I've done just about everything in the past except for pay-per-click. That's the one thing I've never done. Probably should have looking back at it. But, uh, but nonetheless, I'm not the biggest fan of television marketing for this. If you really want to build your business really, really fast on the heels of this coronavirus or this pandemic, whatever you want to call it, uh, one of the easiest ways and best ways to do it, and Stephen may mention it while I was out, but uh, – is to offer up your services to the community, offer to clean the uh, disinfected police cars or fire department car, uh, vehicles, those type of things can get you a long ways with the community. That way you, you yeah, we, we, don't, we don't object to TV time. We actually like it, but we want it for free. Uh, one of the companies that uh, he's referring to, uh, there was one out literally doing uh, cleaning police cars and emergency vehicles and, and, or, and uh, applying the antimicrobials. And uh, they went out next to a, a small highway. One of these companies did. And uh, when he was doing it, they were. They, it said they had a sign next to the car saying, uh, "For all emergency and first responder vehicles, it's free. Uh, for anybody else, it's twenty dollars." And so, they, and the, the, all the camera crews came out and videoed this thing. So now he's got TV time, but he didn't pay a nickel for it. Uh, so we and we were planning on a lot of uh, publicity type stunts. Uh, and there are many of them that, uh, that 
we could really make work here. Uh, but Ivan left one little thing out. He's told me many times before. Uh, one thing that gave him this big advantage down in Louisiana uh, it was fear, like he said. He could, he could see it in their eyes, and he said there, there are people literally thank, thankful. That he, a lot of times they don't like uh, agents and adjusters. Or, I'm sorry. They don't like contractors coming in and trying to sell first agents and adjusters, then the, the individual uh, company managers. They, they don't want to see contractors. This town wanted to see them badly. And so everywhere he went, he was able to make contacts. Uh, maybe we'll swing back to the, the one where he was in the, in the mall. Uh, he, he went in to get a sandwich, and, uh, and he'll tell you the rest of the story in a minute. But the second thing that was, uh, that was to his advantage and it enabled him to sell uh, so many jobs in one week uh, was because nobody else was out there. He, he was the only game in town, the only person who showed up. Uh, in front of them and said, look, we're here to help. Uh, and we have the right equipment, the right training, the right people. Uh, and then he, then he stepped back and let them tell him what they wanted to do. And they, that opened the door for him. But we love the TV time and radio time is, is splendid. We like every chance we get, we, we try to find a way to get it free of charge. Okay. Hey, let's, uh, we're going to stop and thank our sponsors here. We're going to what we call our halftime. And then when we come back, I'd like to go a little more into, into the book. I think you did a nice job of uh, pulling together a bunch of different, you know, opinions and topics and suggestions from people. And I think uh, there's some very good tips in there. So we'll be back with our guest. We've got, uh, let's see, Ivan Turner, Stephen Lavelle, and Kent Riddle. We'll be back in 90 seconds with the second half of our show. IAQ Radio Industry sponsors are Particles Plus engineers and manufacturers of feature-rich particle counters and air quality monitoring instrumentation. Learn more at ParticlesPlus.com. Count on us. Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers subscriptions available at healthyindoors.com and aeml laboratories free fedex shipping great pricing same day results and never a rush fee learn more at aemlinc.com Association sponsors are the Indoor Air Quality Association, a multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Learn more at iaqa.org. The American Industrial Hygiene Association, AIHA. Healthier workplaces, a healthier world. Learn more at AIHA.org. And RIA, the Restoration Industry Association, the granddaddy of the restoration industry. Network with leaders. Learn more at RestorationIndustry.org. Siri, the Cleaning Industry Research Institute. See more deeply through science and research. Learn more at SiriScience.org. That's C-I-R-I Science.org. A-C-G-I-H, advancing the careers of professionals working in the environmental health, industrial hygiene, and safety communities. Interested in defining their science at A-C-G-I-H.org. All right, we're back to the second half of our interview. We've got Kent Riddle, Ivan Turner, and Steve Lavelle. Cliff, why don't you go ahead and start off the second half? What, what I want to hear is I, I want to hear some stories. I want to hear one from Ivan. I want to hear one from Kent about just tell me, tell me a good sales story, Ivan. Okay, I'll, I'll share a story about an a, a ERP program. Like I said, we, I was looking at sustainability work more than, more than just – a one-time coronavirus cleanup. So uh, this was on a Friday, and I was flying out later that day back to Missouri where I live. So we were driving around. All the restaurants, even the fast food restaurants, were closed, even the drive throughs There were employees in there, but the drive throughs were closed. They would just wave us off, say, get away. Uh, everybody was shutting down. So we were going around trying to make a few more calls because I had a couple more nursing homes to hit. And uh, one of my sales trainees young man he uh he said maybe the mall is open maybe, maybe some of the sandwich shops inside the food court are open but there wasn't a car in the parking lot uh, and this was a huge mall so he runs anyway opens the front door runs he's gone about 10 minutes runs back out and he says there's two sandwich shops that are open and i thought well that's kind of odd so we went inside there and that was it two sandwich shops in a typical mall you have these food courts where you'll have 20 or 30 different 
uh, and fast food restaurants, and there were only two of them open, and there were only uh, tables, a few tables, and they were spread really far apart. Well, I thought, that's kind of odd. So we got us a sandwich, sat down. We were going to plan for the rest of the day. And I was talking to one of the uh, mall employees. Uh, she was going around hitting touch points with something that she thought was disinfecting. I don't know what it was, but she thought it was. And she sprang us on the door, and I was walking around. And I asked her, I said, I'm just curious. I said, is the mall officially closed down? And she said, yes. Just completely closed. Of course, you could see all the big corridors. It was dark. And so uh, she was her, she was getting ready to cry. She was really sad because and then I even asked her, I said, are you all right? She said, well, I think I'm going to lose my job. Let everybody else go. We just have a skeleton crew. So I said, just by chance, is the general manager. And she said, yeah. And I said, would you ask her to come down and talk to me for a minute? So the lady comes down and talks to us. She's the general manager. And I said, I'm just curious how two restaurants are able to stay open, but all the stores are closed and all the other restaurants are closed. I said, I'm just inquisitive. Like, how, how's that work? And she said, well, I got creative because they said we could open restaurants per the square footage we had as long as we had the distancing between the tables. I said, well, that's interesting. Anyway, she asked what we were doing. I said, well, we just happened to to uh, do COVID cleanup and apply disinfectant services, but we do much more than that. And uh, she said, do you have a few minutes to talk to me? And I said, sure. So we went back down to her office. It was really funny how this happened, but first question I asked her, I said, I bet you've been inundated with restoration contractors stopping in and wanting you to do business with them. And she says, no, you're the first ones. You're the only ones. And now this has been going on for a while. COVID had been around for a couple months, but they finally just got to the shutdown phase. And I thought that was interesting. And so I said, well, would you be interested in uh, having a local, locally owned service that's fully capable of handling any type of loss that any mall could possibly have at your beck and call? And she said, well, I would love that. She says, but we're part of a corporation out of San Antonio. They handle all the malls and they do have a, a disaster restoration recovery company that does all the malls when there's a big event. And she said, you know what, uh, because you're local, because you actually stopped by just to check on us and see how we're doing. She said, I'll sign the ERP program. Uh, so we weren't expecting that the, the mall wasn't on my particular list of uh, contacts to hit, but because we stopped by while everybody else, I don't know where, I don't know where the rest of the restoration companies were, but nobody was out there. It was just us. And uh, we, I don't know if that was stupid or good, but it, it paid off for us because uh, we had a good message. And like I said, we were doing it from a servant's heart. We weren't trying to push any kind of service on anyone, but we were just letting people know that we had some empathy. We felt for their pain and that uh, we were there to help them if they needed us. Great story. What about you, Kent? You know, I was just thinking about um... – you talking about just a few minutes ago uh, the uh, TV advertisement and uh, Stephen was talking about how to uh, get free advertisement with TV. One time I called all of the radio stations in town, every, uh, all the TV stations, uh, every every one of them, and I told them that uh, at two o'clock, uh, a crazy guy was going to take two 55-gallon drums of water and turn them over in a perfectly dry house just to prove that I could dry it out and uh, gave him the address to the uh, flood house in town. And uh, uh, they all came, and uh, I was on the news on almost every channel that was in town, uh, just uh, by flooding out a flood house. Uh, and um, so, you know, that story came to my mind because uh, it's just being innovative in, and, and creative in, in your approach. Uh, the, the, uh, I would say this is the, the market that is full of opportunity. It's just figuring a creative approach to, uh, to yourself. That was one that I've done. Interesting. That's a, that's a good one. I, I, you know, there are a lot of stories in the book. 
um, Stephen, and, and one is from, I, you know, I want, I want to go back to this Google thing for a minute because it, I think there's something to, you know, obviously most people Google quickly to try and look for uh, whomever, whatever service. And uh, you said Katie Harris showed how to get number one slot on Google without spending five figures each month. Tell us a little bit more about that one, Stephen. Yeah, Katie's with a, she's a consultant, and she's with a company called Spot On Solutions Marketing. Uh, and she was in my previous book before we did this one. And I, we were all wrapping up that big, it's a big book, one of the monster books. We're wrapping it up, and suddenly uh, I, I was reading, leafing through, uh, I think it was R&R, and I saw an article by her, it just submitted that same day. And uh, here's what it said. Let's see if we can find that. Here it is. Uh, what if your ad showed up above all the other listings when someone did a Google search, including the pay-per-click ads? And what if Google added their trust badge to your company to guarantee consumers that you're a reputable business in your area? And then she showed us how to do it. <laughs> and she did, a, she did a splendid job. Basically, there's a thing called Google Trust. And it has different names from when you, depending who's writing the article. But basically, you, you, it's, it's an easy thing to do. You go to um, YouTube, watch a few videos about how to do it. And what her secret was, she, there's a, there's a Google-sponsored uh, advertising and marketing technology. And in effect, you... Uh, pay them far, far less than the pay-per-clicks, way less than that. But they, they will advertise you uh, above the pay-per-click ads, above the, gener- the, um, uh, the organic ads, above everything. She, the, you go to the very top of the list, and they have a little box there, and they have the name of your company and the phone number and all that. Uh, and it's, it, it is probably one of the, the best-kept secrets and one of the financially uh, uh, you best usable uh, tricks available, and probably trick is not is not a word that anybody's going to embrace. Uh, but it's so clever and it's so easy to do. And the way I learned it was, I, I once I read her article and understood what she was doing, then I went to YouTube and watched a handful of videos. Every, each of them was showing how to do it. Uh, it. Takes about 15 minutes to figure it out. And and actually, Restoration is one of the very few uh, contractors that they they list in their 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 kit. And so I, I, I was really enchanted by that one, and I, and I, I, I got to say, if you haven't looked into it already, you simply must. It's one of the most inexpensive ways to get to the very top, and I don't mean on the same front, on the front page. I'm saying the top, above everybody, uh, and it, was, it is, it doesn't cost a fortune like regular pay-per-clicks do. Um, by the way, there was one thing, I, I, and Kent walked right past this one, but he has a grand story to tell. It just takes a minute, but I'll, I'll, I'll start my part. One day he called and he said, you know, we're, we're in a slump right now. We, I, I don't know what to do. How do we get out of it? Um, and uh, I said, well, all right, uh, uh, do you have anybody in your entire crew, anybody who works with you or for you, that uh, is friends with like an adjuster or an agent or something? And uh, he said, oh, yeah, this one guy goes fishing with uh, one of the local uh, adjusters. And I said, okay, that's the one. Get him on the phone, have him call the adjuster, and see if he has any jobs available of any kind, no matter what size. That's the way you break a slump. And then he said, let me think about that, Steve. So then we hung up, and I let him tell the rest of the story because he did it. Yeah, we um, – Yeah, Kent, go ahead. We'd, we'd talked that afternoon, and it, it – and it, it got me to, to thinking about uh, all of the possibilities with uh, the employees that I had. Uh, and so what I've done is I, I went uh, and got all the employees. And I told them, I said, um, we're going to do a uh, $100 bounty uh, on uh, restoration jobs. I said, to every single person that, uh, brings in uh, a restoration job uh, today, uh, we're going to give them $100. And if you bring in two, you get $200. And uh, I was absolutely amazed that by the end of the day, uh, with the dry board uh, at the start of the day, I had six jobs, and they were all from my employees, every single one of them. How many people did you have their contacts? Uh, how many people did you have contribute to that? How many people were on your staff at the time? I'm just curious. That's a lot of jobs. Twenty-two. 
Yeah, that's not bad. So one people. Yeah. But, you know, I gave out, um, uh, actually one of the guys sold two jobs, uh, but I gave out $600 that day. Uh, and we had six jobs put on the board uh, from, uh, from inside the house. Uh, and so I thought that was pretty cool. We, we did a show, it's going on over a month ago now, with Nir Bashan, and he was talking about creativity and how through creativity you could help your business by, by kind of thinking a little more creatively. And I think, Steve, that's kind of where, where you are with uh, some of the comments you've made. You know, you, you've got to think a little more creatively. And what you've done is you've gone around the, the world, around the country here, and, and gathered all of these anecdotes and ways for people to... Uh, make a difference in their business, you know, to, to learn from others and, and to, you know, learn from their mistakes, but also from the things they did right. And, and I think there's a lot of good information in there for people. I think it's also, to me, um, a little, you've got to do your own work too, because I was, as I was reading through, I realized that you give them a lot of links to other people's information so you've got to kind of weed through a lot of things before you get what's important for you. Um, and I think that's one of the things you guys help people do. And what I want to do is, is take a little break. Uh, we're going to just go right to our roundup. It only takes five seconds to play this music. But at the during the roundup, I want to talk a little bit about the offer you guys are willing to make here uh, for today's show. John, let's go to roundup. <laughs> Okay, so we're, we're back, and uh, Cliff, why don't we let, let you go ahead and uh, take care of this for a moment? Well, I, I think we should probably turn it over to Stephen, because I'm not, you know, he, I, I suspect that, um, you know, he can fill us in on, on what the team decided, but I, I think it really is a unique and special offer, and it's something that's really, I don't know that it's ever been done before. Stephen, do you think you could fill the audience in? Yes, I, I can get started there, but what I'll do is I'll eventually I'll, I'll turn it over to uh, Kent as, as well. Kent, Kent sort of prepared something, but, I, but you're right. I can lead into it very nicely. Uh, first of all, I've got to say, that this book, we, we didn't write this book for the big companies, the, the ones who were, uh, were taking jobs like, uh, like a vacuum. Uh, we, we wrote this for people that are in trouble. And that, you notice we, we shied away from anything that looked like it cost a lot of money this time. Right. All I did was I got all these low cost no-cost ideas. Some of them are publicity stunts, I'll admit it, uh, but other ones are uh, ways of getting, getting more jobs. And do it quickly and, and on a very low budget. Uh, we, we built this for the companies that said they were in trouble. Uh, and so in that, in that mindset, uh, Kent sat down and jotted down a few ideas. We have a, uh, a, a kind of a bonus for this program today. Kent, are you, can you tell them? Yes, uh, sure I can. Uh... Somebody's going to be a lucky guy uh, because what we're going to do is we're going to uh, take three marketing uh, minds and we're going to laser focus for the next 14 days on uh, some uh, lucky restoration business. And we're going to show them in 14 days that we can make it rain in their business. We're, we're going to implement a lot of the things that you might have seen in the book. Uh, we're going to uh, listen to what they're dealing with. We're going to solve some problems for them. And at the end of the day, though, at the end of 14 days, uh, we're going to prove that we can take anybody that's in the restoration business and make it rain in their business uh, and send them jobs from every side, every place. They would not even imagine how many places that they can get jobs from uh, in 14 days. And all we're going to do is we're just going to ask them to write a small, little, uh, maybe anything under 100 words uh, uh, saying uh, about the restoration business and maybe tell a little bit about the slump that they're in. And we're going to pick out of that, uh, out of that slot of people uh, 
one restoration business to laser focus zone and make it rain in their company. This will How much be, does it cost? All three of you will do this and um, you consult with them what by phone and by Zoom meetings and so forth and then they've yes. got to follow up and perform. Yes, we're, we're, we're all going to consult with them and uh, we're going to bring in restoration jobs from places they've never even thought about. You know, I think... Can't, it, it, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, but can't you mention how much it costs? Oh, it's absolutely free. Uh, we're going to do it absolutely uh, free. Have you three ever worked on one company before together? No, this is the first time that we've worked together uh, in one company. We have... We have spent time together and brainstormed together. Uh, this is a this is a brand new idea, uh, and it's just to help somebody that uh, is wanting a shot in the arm uh, in their business. And uh, uh, I believe they'll feel the effects of this for for the rest of the year. It'll be uh, effects long past the fourteen days. Okay. I think most listeners have my email, joe.hughes at iaqtraining.com. And, and Cliff, you want to give yours out because I think uh, maybe we'll, we'll get people yeah. to send one of those two emails. Cliff, what do you think? Yeah. What I was thinking, and, and I, I just want to throw this out because we haven't discussed it before, but the blog's going to go out uh, for next week's show, Joe. Thursday. And what, I'm and what I'm wondering is if it's okay with you guys, what we'll do is we'll sit down, we'll get all the parameters about what's what's needed and, and we'll settle upon an address that they can write to and uh, we can put it in, in the blog uh, so it'll go out at the end of next week. And this, this way, uh, we have a lot of people yeah. that don't listen to the show live. We'll hope to bring you guys back in, in, the, in the late summer, early fall. We do our summer break in August. Maybe after our summer break, we'll come back and, and see how it went. Uh, 14 days, you guys are going to go ahead and help some uh, fortunate restoration company out in growing their business and uh, getting more jobs over a 14-day period and uh, kind of take it from the, the name of the book, right? Uh, how to successfully market your restoration business in, in 14 days. Hey, I, I think, was it, Kent, while we've got you up on the screen, were you the one that in the book talked about marketing to um, – not to to uh, insurance agents, not adjusters, but to agents. Was that you, or was that maybe? Uh, that that definitely was me. I also wanted to say that we're going to everybody that writes a letter, whether you win or whether you don't, uh, you are going to get a free copy uh, of our latest book. And inside of that book is a bunch of uh, uh, different techniques uh, to. Uh, market your business and and to get results everything that we have put in there are things that we've done in the past and that they uh it's already been uh weeded through the things that didn't work we didn't put in the book you know, and i didn't mention this and i want to mention this because i think it's very uh i think it's important you guys decided this book was only going to be is it what 25 dollars for people to, to get an e-copy of the book uh, because it's a tough time right now. And, uh, you know, uh, you could spend a whole lot more on, on books to help your business, but, um, you know, they put this together for $25 so that it gets us a good wide distribution and people uh, can use a lot of these tips that have been collected, not just from the three of you, but from many different people out there with successful restoration businesses. All right, Cliff, why don't you ask any final thoughts, any final questions, and then uh, we're going to wrap it up here in a couple minutes. No, I think it's, I think it really is an exciting offer because I think as the guys discussed, there's kind of two types of restoration companies. There's some that, you know, have, have uh, embraced change and are out there making it happen. And there's some other people that, you know, have been doing the same thing for such a long time. Uh, you know, they get stuck when doing the same thing doesn't work anymore. And uh, I think that this is, I think, I think this is brilliant. And uh, I think they're going to be able to, to prove their point. 
Excellent. Before we go, uh, let's get last thoughts. First, let's start with you, Stephen. Uh, anything you'd like to add? Anything we missed? I know we kind of had a little rough start there, but uh, things have settled down quite a bit since. Uh, final thoughts. Well, the first thing I'd like to say is uh, thank you guys. You know, we've had this, – this has been a technologically challenging program, uh, and you guys handled it like masters. You really did a great job. Thank you. Uh, the the only other thing I can say is, as I said, we th this book was written for people who can't afford. You know, we, uh, the book that Cliff was in cost one hundred ninety seven dollars. So we decided, okay, this is good. We're going to put it out there inexpensively because uh, companies that are in real trouble can't afford a one hundred ninety seven dollar book. Uh, so we, but it's as good as the as the big ones. It's, it's it, but it's shorter. Uh, it has it dozens and do well over a hundred ideas in it. Uh, and the final thing I'll, I'll say about that is, uh, if, if you're in trouble, this is the place for you to be. This is a we can't help everybody uh, in the, for the contest. We can help one company at a time, but then we'll give you the book and you can read it for yourself. It's, it has all the ideas in it. Fantastic, Stephen. Thank you. And, and Kent, any final thoughts before we go? Well, I did want to tell you about the agents because you did ask about it, and yes, that was I, I happened to see that part, and I was like, you know. I, <laughs> Think of it yeah, uh, it's 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 like magic when you um, when you go into an agent's office and you give them something that they're not expecting, you know, because they're getting constant uh, visits all the time from restoration companies, uh, and most of them are coming in saying, "Can I leave these cards? Can I leave these cards?" And then you have this guy that goes in there and he says. Uh, uh, I don't have any cards. Uh, can you give me your cards? I, I'm looking for agents' cards. Uh, is I need to get every card in the office. I need at least three or four of them uh, because what we done was we took and we made baskets uh, that were care baskets, uh, and they weren't they weren't in our colors. They wasn't uh, they didn't have our um, cards in them, uh, but they had the agents' card and. When, when we would do the emergency services, we would drop that off and say, hey, you know, you, you have the greatest agent uh, in your town. There is nobody that's going to take care of you like this guy. Uh, what, a, what a guy uh, to, uh, uh, to, to, to drop off these care baskets. And uh, inside the care basket would say, because we care. And inside of that little card, there would be the agent's card. And, and that is the type of marketing uh, that, that we're going to do uh, with uh, companies. It's going to be something that is actually outside of what you've done in the past. Uh, and, and that's my story about the agents. Well, you also mentioned in, in the book, I believe, that um, a lot of people don't think, you know, agents, the first thing they'll tell you is we don't, you know, we refer people to um, our claims department or whatever the case may be, but you, you find in your experience that they do more than that. Really? 85% of the businesses, uh, that is out there is with agents and, uh, the agent has the first call. It's still that way. And, um, uh, they're telling the guy that they don't want to give the job to, uh, that they just, turn it over to the claims office. Uh, but uh, the guy that is pursuing uh, helping their business, uh, increasing their uh, client's retention rate, uh, uh, that is looking out uh, when, real quickly, when we had, we had a class that was called a transference class at, uh, at my old company and I told them when the, cu when the customer gives you a compliment, I don't care how good the compliment is, uh, you transfer that compliment in any way you can to the agent. They say, well, you guys are doing such a great job. And then we would say, well, you know, we appreciate that, but we would have never been able to give you this type of service uh, without the great agent that you have. Your agent has you covered. And uh, we, we just want you to call your agent and thank them for the great job they're doing. You wouldn't believe how many agents uh, that, we, that we received uh, that we didn't have 
when we opened that program up. Interesting, Kent. Well, gentlemen, I think we lost Ivan. He, he seems to have had a couple of little emergencies come up here, which is no problem because he's going to help our winner. I also uh, want to just quickly say thanks to you all for joining us. We had Ivan Turner, Kent Riddle, Stephen Lavelle talking a little bit about, uh, you know, marketing your restoration company during difficult times. I also want to thank my co-host, the Z-Man, Cliff Slotnick, at the controls, John, fun, you got to have faith. Uh, tough day for John, you got to have faith. <laughs> Hold it off, John. Uh, most importantly, our growing group of loyal listeners. We'll be back, by the way, next week. I've got Stephanie Taylor, Dr. Stephanie M. Taylor. She's an MD out of the Vermont area, I believe it is. And she's going to talk to us a little bit about infectious disease and transmission and how important indoor environmental quality is and particularly humidity. So we're going to have a great show next week. We'll be back next Friday at noon with the next episode of IAQ Radio Plus. For IAQ Radio, I'm Spike Reed saying thanks for listening.